Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. All right, we're going to jump in. Who's ready to go? I was, I was told this week, by the way, that uh, I have, sometimes I, I say the scripture too fast and you don't have a time to turn to it. So I'm going to try to slow down a little bit today. You ready? If you have your Bibles, turn, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be reading verse six in just a moment. But I'm just curious. So today ends 21 days of prayer, or last night ended 21 days of prayer and fasting. I'm curious by a show of hands, how many of you feel over, who have participated in the last 21 days, how many of you feel closer to the Lord today than you did 21 days ago? Come on, let's go. We should celebrate that this morning. Amen. I love that. And so we, why, why did we do it? Why did we take the time to hit pause? Why did we go without something physical so we could jump into the spiritual and lean in on an opportunity to get closer to God? And here's the answer right here in Hebrews 11, verse six. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so that's what we, we're looking at is, is, is we're not doing it for the reward, but we understand there is a reward, but the the opportunity is we need to earnestly, earnestly chase and go after it. But here's, here's the heart for today is don't quit. Just because 21 days of prayer and fasting is over doesn't mean you go, okay, that's it. I don't have to pray the rest of the year. I leaned in for 21 days. I'm done in 2025. You'll restart this and I'll, and I'll, I'll start fasting and praying again. Don't quit, right? Don't quit on, on drawing closer to the Lord. Don't give up on prayer. Don't give up on drawing in and worship. Don't give up on chasing after his presence, Here's what I know is when we decide to do 21 days of prayer and fasting, we're picking a fight with the, with the enemy, right? Fasting and praying is spiritual warfare. And here's what happens. Oftentimes the enemy comes against us. So, so this was a minor thing for me, but one of the things that I, I decided to do is I was going to fast sugar and uh, minus the naturals, like in the good stuff called fruit, um, but in all the other stuff. And so uh, this was like day two of the fast. We're just cleaning up things and uh, found we're, reorganizing some things in the cabinet. And I found, which is one of my favorites, the Reese cup trees from Christmas and white chocolate. It's like kryptonite if I'm Superman and uh, found those on day two of the fast. And I, I put it in a little box and I was like, get thee behind me, Satan. And I'm not going to eat this and I'm going to dial in. And it was tough. So at 12.05 this morning, your boy was at the cabinet like, come on, let's go. <laughs> and so I was like, it's over. Thank you, Lord. And uh, so I made it. I did make it. And, but I know that, and it, here's, here's what I know when we go through something like that, when we're, when we're intentionally growing closer to the Lord, the enemy is not okay with your spiritual awakening. He's not. He, he wants you to stay in apathy. He wants you to stay just content and comfortable and, and taking the easy highway. Like he just wants to see you lukewarm, just going through the motions. He doesn't want to see you come alive and he'll do whatever he can and put Reese cups in the cabinet to distract you. But I want to look at the life of Jesus. What did, what did Jesus do when he was fasting and he was praying? Before he ever picked any of his disciples, before he selected the 12, Jesus fasted. 
And so here's what I'm asking you to do today. I know you just sat down a couple minutes ago, uh, but in the book of Nehemiah chapter eight, verse five, so this is the old te- in the Old Testament, uh, before, when he was getting ready to read the word, everybody stood. And so just as a sign of reverence to the Lord this morning, as we turn to chap- Luke chapter four, would you do me a favor and would you stand this morning in reverence to God's word, saying, God, I wanna hear it. I wanna hear it. It's a lengthy portion of text when we're looking at verses one through 14. So if you have it, flip there. Just don't take my word for it. Like it's on the screen. Pastor Matt, copy and paste the right verses. Let's make sure he did. Verse one, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. That's a key verse. He was led by who? The Spirit, right? This this wasn't uh, the enemy saying, hey, I wanna come tempt you. This was a test and he's now in the wilderness and here's where we find him for 40 days. He was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them, he was hungry. How many of you are like at the end of one day, you're hungry? Jesus, 40 days, he's hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, right? So it is written, Jesus is using the word here in this moment. He is the word and he's using the word to fight this attack of the enemy. Says the devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will be all yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Again, number two temptation. And Jesus is fighting with the word. Continues on. Uh, in verse 10, for, or he finishes verse 10, uh, for it is written, he will command angels. Oh, I, I skipped there. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Verse nine, the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here for it is written and he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And then the third time Jesus answered, it is written. And he said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Let's pray this morning. Lord, thank you for your word. That's just not on paper. It's just not on a screen, but it's active and it's alive. And Lord, I pray that today that word would penetrate our hearts Lord, that we would be not, not just hearers of your word, but doers in the word. So Lord, help us today to apply your word to our life that we would leave changed and challenged today by the power of your spirit in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. So here we find Jesus praying for 40 days and 40 nights, and this is a complete fast. This isn't a partial fast. He didn't, he didn't skip breakfast and lunch and eat dinner. This is 40 days. This is no, no food, no water. And the scripture tells us that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness, right? The TV preachers want to tell you that, that he always wants to bless you and, and everything in your life is always going to be perfect. Here's what I know. The Holy Spirit does not always lead you directly into the promised land. Sometimes he takes you through the valley to the promised land. You get to the destination, you experience the victory, but sometimes you have to walk through the valley to get there. So here in this wilderness, this is a, the Judean desert and it's dry and it's barren and check out this picture. You know, this is very normal for, for a desert to have no vegetation, uh, very few things grow there. But, but here's what I know about the desert is it's not nice and mild, right? If you've ever had a chance to visit a desert during the day, it's a scorcher. Right, the sun is bearing down, it's dry, it's hot. And then at night, everything changes and it becomes cool. There is no, like for us, we're like, hey, help me to move to, San- everyone wants to move to San Diego. I just want, I want sunny and 75, between 75 and 80 every day. Just give me that because I want it perfect. 
But nowhere in scripture do we see it, it's going to be mild. And, and I think sometimes that's how we want our relationship with Christ to be, just nice and mild. Like, I, I give me a checkbox religion. Like, I showed up Sunday, check. Hey, there was a couple songs sung. I, 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 I sang a few lyrics. I even raised my hand, check. Offering, they didn't even talk about it yet. So I'm exempt from giving today. But at the end of the service, I'll, maybe I'll throw a dollar in or something like that. And, and then they'll say amen. And we're going to walk out the door and I'm going to get to my car because I'm going to be hungry and it's going to be afternoon. And so lunch is happening and, and that's good. I'm done. I did, I did what I needed to do. I just wanted nice and mild. Don't give me any challenges. But I, I wonder if the Lord is wanting for us to experience him in a unique way, a fresh way, fresh encounters where the heat gets turned up a little bit, where we get past our comfort and focus on our commitment. Where we go, oh man, there's, a, this, there's feeling a little bit of tension here. And in that tension, we don't run away from the Lord. We lean into the Lord. And we experience breakthroughs in those moments. And so that's my challenge to you. Will you lean in? You see, everyone wants, to get, everyone wants God to use them in the miraculous. Not everyone wants God to use them in the process. Right? We want God just heal me. Do this. If you could, and I know when he's big enough and, and he's, he's, he's the overcomer. And so, so God, I want to be used in the miraculous. I just want to be able to pray and you do it. But the process, I'm not here for that. I feel like Alan Iverson, practice. When you talk about practice, I just want to show up. I want to play and I want to win. And that's how, well, there is a process. For those of you who may know part of Pastor Angel and my story and things in our life that we've overcome and our daughters and things like that, it's like, if I could go back, yeah, sure, I would want the miraculous in the moment, but there were some things we needed to learn in the process. And it's in the process that we lean in. It's in the process where we, where we work and we find his sustenance for life. So maybe it's not the miraculous right here in the moment, but he wants you to lean into the process because he has something to teach you. You see, Jesus, when he was tempted, another translation for tempted or temptation is test. Right, so this is a test. And here's, here's what I know, and it's true for us. And if it was true for Jesus, this test was not to defeat him. It was to strengthen him. The tests and the trials that you walk through are not to defeat you. They're to strengthen you. So that way, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, four years from now, whatever it would be, you have more strength. Right, once, once you've experienced the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, once you've seen or experienced the healing, once he's come through for you in a financial breakthrough, the next time a trial comes, you're like, he's got this. And I can rest assured in his confidence because I know that there is victory. Can you imagine day 39 for Jesus? No food, no water. He was weak, he was hungry, and the enemy's trying to get him to quit. Y'all, it was like day three with no sugar, no pop. I was ready to kill somebody, right? Like, I'm gonna throw hands in Jesus' name. Like he says, the laying on of hands in the book of James. Like, I'm gonna lay hands. Like, I don't know. And I was even asking my wife, I was like, honey, is there such thing? Like, does your body go through a detox? With... And I was like, this is real. My brain hurts. My body hurts. I'm angry. Good thing my kids weren't little. I, you know, I'm just kidding. But, but here's the deal is, is there was frustration. Sometimes the first week of a fast and the last week of a fast feel like hell week. Right? Like we're Navy SEALs in training or something. You're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Check out this video, a little bit of what Navy SEALs have to go through in their training. The Navy's training for SEALs called BUDS is known as one of the most arduous trials in the military. To better understand how intense and grueling Hell Week really is, CBS 8's Brian Wyke spoke with a retired Navy SEAL. It's called Hell Week for a reason, testing the physical and mental strength of Navy SEAL candidates. And if you can get through it, you can get through just about anything. 
three weeks into the first phase of Bud's training, Hell Week is an exhaustive test of someone's commitment to becoming a Navy SEAL. I call it a gut check to see who really wants to be there and is not going to quit regardless of how miserable they are. Paul Anderson is a former Navy SEAL who retired from the Navy in 2012, and he recalls the time he went through it. You get four hours of sleep. Um, You're not allowed to have any caffeine. So throughout the entire week, you're, you're hungry, you're cold, you're sandy, you're wet. In this grueling five-day stretch, each candidate runs more than 200 miles and sleeps only a total of four hours during the entire time. The rigorous schedule involves at least 20 hours of physical training each day. It's just the, the confusion, the tiredness, the, the hallucinations. So, you know, you got to continually prove yourself and get faster and get stronger. So five and a half days, right? Freezing cold temperatures, four hours total sleep. If I don't get six hours of sleep, forget about it, right? And so four hours total sleep, 200 miles. And then there's times where they have to crawl under barbed wire with ammunition and tear gas going off, carrying the rafts on their heads. And, and it's physically exhausting, but maybe even more so mentally exhausting. And all of this to weed out the weak and only the strong survive. And only about, they say about 10%, About 10% of those who who walk in on day one will complete Hell Week. But every day, here's what happens. Every day when they're in that, for those five days, there's an instructor. They got a little bronze bell. And they're like, listen, soldier, anytime. You're wet, you're cold. They haven't even got to at the end where they do a a, a drown challenge where their, their hands are tied behind their back. Any day you want to stop, you want to get clean, you want to go take a hot shower, you want some donuts, you want to get some breakfast, you just want to go home to mom, whatever it is you want to do, all you have to do is ring the bell three times. You ring this bell, you walk off the course, you get a shower, you get food, and you quit. That's what they're, 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 they're trying to get it. And, and, and a lot of the soldiers will say that's what they hear the whole time in their mind, and they just see one after another going over and ringing the bell and ringing the bell and ringing the bell. And some of you are here going, I don't understand. What does any of this have to do with prayer and fasting? I want you to know I'm not okay with 10% of those who say yes to following Jesus completing the race. I'm not happy. I'm not content because here's what I know. In a room this size, people watching online, you've done and you're hanging on to the rope. And you're ready to quit. You're ready to lean in. You have this and you're like, all I have to do is ring it three times and it's gonna stop because I wanna quit. And I understand it. You feel like maybe God's not opening the door and you're like, man, I'm gonna quit. I've rung the bell two times on my marriage and I'm quitting. I'm just gonna ring it one more time and the marriage is over. Don't quit. Here's what I know. You walking through a, a difficult time in your marriage, oftentimes you're like, I can't fix it. I just can't fix it. I think that's part of the problem. We want to fix something without having a wholeness and a healing within our own heart. We want to fix our spouse without looking in the mirror. See, here's what I know. When you get as close as you can to Jesus, naturally and organically, your marriage gets better because you've gotten better. You've gotten closer to God. Your love capacity begins to change and you can selfishly love the other person instead of selfishly loving the other person. And so you, do, you hold on. Don't ring that bell. Maybe you find yourself and you're like, that's it, I've done it. You know what, I, I gave in the offering in 2023 and I thought for sure. And so with my finances, God can have every bit of my life. I trust him with eternity by giving him my heart. 
but I'm ready to ring the bell. I'm going to ring the bell. I can't, I can't do it. Don't quit. Don't quit. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I, Pastor Lance, I'm, I'm struggling. If I stood up today, I would let everybody know I'm an addict and I've rung the bell twice. And I, the addiction is so strong. I just, I'm going to, I have to, I can't, can't walk through it. I want you to know you don't have to walk through it alone. You don't have to quit. You don't have to give in. Not only is Jesus for you, we're here for you. Every Thursday night, there's a recovery group that uses our building. Recovery 836. Why? Because there's hope for you. You don't have to ring the bell. So don't quit this morning. Maybe you're here and you're like, you know what? It's church. I serve every week and I'm, and I'm surrounded by hypocrites. Don't quit. Don't ring that bell. The best way to serve God is by serving others. That, stay, don't give up. If you've become disconnected, re-engage. Start serving again. Sign up to be on a team. Don't quit. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, it's my faith. It's Jesus. I prayed. 21, I, I told the Lord, 21 days, I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. And God, I need you to move. But he didn't, he didn't give you what you asked for. And you're like, I'm going to ring it. I'm gonna... Don't quit. Jesus has so much more for you. If you will just hang on, if you will just stay the course, if you will persevere, I could encourage you with this this morning. If you push past the temptation, you'll experience the victory. If you will push past the test and not ring the bell, you will experience the victory. And I know some of you are ready to ring that bell, but I'm encouraging you today to fix your eyes on Jesus. Don't give up. Peter began to sink in the water. He was walking on water, but when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And I just want to encourage you today to fix your eyes upon Jesus. Don't ring the bell. But I do think some of, you, some of us in the room do need to quit. You're like, you just told us not to quit. Here's what I think we need to quit. We need to quit the pattern of quitting. Right? We fall into these patterns like, no, 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 I'm going to go on a diet at least for three days. I can't do it. I quit. I'm going to give up on this relationship because it's just so hard. Because every time I get close to somebody, they hurt me. And so we find ourselves in a pattern or a rhythm of quitting. I think it's time for some of us to find new rhythms, healthy patterns of leaning in and not giving up. And why is this so important? If you quit, you might miss the miracle. If you quit, you might miss the miracle. You might miss God's very best in your life. And so you may find yourself this morning in a wilderness, just the way Jesus found himself in the wilderness. You're in a wilderness of recovery and you want to quit. Stay true to the course. You may find yourself in a, in a wilderness of infertility. And you're like, God, I've been waiting and we've been praying and where's it at? You may find yourself in a wilderness of financial instability. Don't quit. You may find yourself in a, in a, a wilderness of relationship hardship. Don't quit. Don't give up, persevere, keep pushing. Don't give in. I love when, when we take the scripture and we look at it, when Jesus was tempted, what did he do? He fought back with the word. And I think it's time for us to fight back with the word. So what does the word have to say to encourage us this morning? I love this verse, verse, these verses. They're so powerful. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses one through three. Actually, it was a number of years ago. I broke this down. We did a whole series on it. It's so good. But in Hebrews chapter 12, verse three, or one through three, here's what it says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In verse three, it says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary 
and lose heart. And so what do we see in this verse? Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're watching online and you're like, man, I I need to find more encouragement from the great cloud of witnesses. There are witnesses cheering us on. And so, so maybe you have the wrong people in the room. Not this room, but this room in the space between your ears, right? That there's a cloud, a crowd that is cheering you on, but there's also a crowd that's discouraging you and you need to tune out that discouragement and allow that great crowd of witnesses to lift you up. But maybe you're here and it's time for you to throw some stuff off. There's some sin that has entangled you and you are caught. And so maybe you're gonna throw off that what hinders you. But maybe you're here this morning and it's time for you to run. Right? The scripture tells us to run the race that is marked out for us. The issue is, is I cannot run your race, only you can. I'm running my race and you're running your race, but we're to run that race. But here's what I know, before you can ever run, you need to walk. You, you cannot win a marathon if you don't take the first step. Right? If, you don't, if you just stay at the starting line and all of a sudden it's like, go, and you're like, yeah, I'm going I'm to finish first today. It, 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 you got to be willing to take that first step. Think about our children. Right? Those of you who have raised children, you walk through that season and some of you are getting ready to have that season where you're encouraging your child to take that first step. Right? Isn't it so exciting? You're like, come on, and you get down real low and mom and dad are like, oh, yeah, go, go, go. And you take that first step and they walk and it's like they stumble and their big head's in the way and it's making them pull over. And, and then all of a sudden, what do you do? They, they walk two or three steps and you're like, you can go more. You can go further. Because here's what they've done. They've taken one step and then you know they can take another step and then a third step and a fourth step. And so there is power when we begin to take our intentions and put them into action and take that first step. But here's what we usually don't show people is the bumps and bruises along the way. Right? When, when, if you, you, you can find any toddler in this church, when they begin to walk, when they begin to become mobile, which is then the season where you have to chase them for the rest of their life, um, bruises happen. With all of our kids, I remember going to the doctor and they're running through and doing all their exams and, and you just see, and they're just bruised from head to toe. Like head all bruised, arms, legs all bruised. Why? Because they're bumping into everything. But we try to hide those bruises. Like, no, 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 these valley moments, these difficult moments, I don't want anybody to see. There will be some bumps and bruises on the way, but you keep taking those steps. You keep leaning into what God has for you. So I, I feel like the real reason many of us give up running the race is we underestimate the importance of the steps, of going from intention to action. And it applies for everything in our life, right? You think about our finances, our marriage, your diets, parenting, housework, schoolwork, anything, your career. Without that first step, it's just a good plan. Until we move from action, intentions to actions, we're gonna miss it. So don't, don't convince yourself that your good intentions are the first step. Because you can have really good intentions. Like, man, there's, there's reconciliation in my life that needs to happen. There's a, there, maybe it's with a friend. Maybe it's with a family member or, 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 or another loved one or somebody even at church. And you're like, man, I want, I want to reconcile this re- relationship. I want to restore this relationship. And that's your intention. But if you never go out of your way to connect, to call, to text, to sit down and have coffee and say, hey, there's, there's some tension in our relationship and I want to see that restored, then what you have is just a good intention. And God's not asking you to have a good intention. He's asking you to move in action. And so you have to make that phone call. You gotta, you gotta pick up the phone. You gotta text that person and say, I, I wanna sit down with you. Or, or maybe you wanna reconnect with God. You're like 21 days in prayer and fasting. I, maybe I didn't lean in as much. I didn't get into the word as much. And so there's a disconnect. There's a gap. 
the chasm that's, that's separating you. You're like, I'm gonna lean in. I want, I want to connect with God. As long as, as long as you watching Netflix and so scrolling on social media is more important than connecting with God, there will always be an intention versus an action. It's like, no, 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 this is what I want. God's not looking for that great intention. He's looking for you to take that first step. And say, you know what? Before, before I watch anything on TV, I'm gonna get into your word. Before I go scrolling and, and commenting on social media, um, before I, I want to pray before I complain. I'm gonna pray for people before I attack them as a keyboard warrior on social media. And so it's not about having just an intention. It's about having an action. You know what? In 2024, I'm really gonna, I'm gonna lean into the marriage. I know it's suffered. And so my intentions are, we're gonna, we're gonna go on dates and do all these things. As long as you continue to work all of the hours and ignore your spouse, then you just have a good intention. You began planning date nights and having some sacrifice and you take that action, God's gonna move. You see, running the race requires discipline. Running the race requires discipline. Moment by moment, here's what we need to do. We need to, to align our actions with our intentions. Right, you have, an, you have an intention, then you need to make sure that you are aligning your actions with that intention. Jesus, he's, gonna, he's asking his disciples, will you follow me? And then he's asking all of us, will you follow me? Here's what his word says in Luke chapter nine, verse 23. He gives this invitation to anyone who would follow him. He says, whoever, that would be me and you, that's all of us, all of humanity, whoever, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So, so the scripture is telling us that daily, every day, we need to pick up our cross and follow after Jesus. The hardest part of this scripture is every day. Because every day doesn't happen by accident. Picking up your cross, that is, that is a physical uh, action that needs to happen. Where you pick that up and you carry it and you walk with Jesus every day. Every day will tell you if it's an accident or an action. Because you're going you're gonna to have to do something that takes that step that says, God, I'm picking this up and I'm following after you. So maybe you're here and you were like, oh, I'm, I'm lined in and, and, and I see in the text that I need, to, I need to have the great cloud of witnesses cheering me on. Or maybe you saw in the text that, that we need to let go of something. Something has entangled us. Sin has entangled us. And so maybe you need to let that go. We've seen in the text that we need to run the race that's marked out. But in verse three of Hebrews, it says to consider Jesus, consider. And so for just a moment, I want you to consider Jesus. Maybe, maybe you've never followed Jesus, that you're new. You showed up to church today and you were like a last, a last ditch effort. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And so I'm gonna try something. This is an opportunity for you to consider who he is. Romans chapter three, verse 22 says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Christ Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. It's true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. So for just a moment, I just wanna take a moment. I'm gonna pray for everyone in just a minute, but here's what I want you to do. I, I just want you to have a moment between you and the Lord. So would you just close your eyes? Even if you're watching on, close your eyes, unless you're driving, keep them up. But everyone close your eyes. If you're here in the room, close your eyes. I just want you to... It's just you and him. No distraction, left, right, back, front. Doesn't matter what's happening on the platform. I just want you to hear that verse again. It says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. This isn't about something you do. It's about something he's already done. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, 
No matter how dark your life is, no matter if you're bad and, and you're like, man, my bad is so bad. I'm, wor- I, I'm horrible. No matter how many sins you've committed, no matter how many times you've messed up, no matter how, how many thoughts you've had of hating Christians or Christianity, no matter how angry or bitter you are in your heart, no matter how dark your world is right now, it, when we believe and we put our faith in Jesus, all things are made new. So we have an opportunity to be made right by God today by believing in the one and only son he sent. And so if you're an everyone, then you have a shot today. See, religion is about me. It's about how I perform. It's what I do. But I'm not talking about religion today. I'm talking about relationship. Religion is, is me focused. It's how, how can I get God to love me? How, how can I do enough, get enough for God to see me? But relationship, it's about Jesus. It's not about us. Religion is if I'm good enough, God will love me. If I obey him, he'll accept me. But relationship says God loves me. He accepts me. And because he accepts me, I'll walk in obedience to him. 2,000 years ago, John chapter one, it says that the flesh, the word came and dwelt among us. It's Jesus. Over 2,000 years ago, put on skin, bones, and organs, left the throne room of heaven and gives his life. He is scorned, he is beaten, he is flogged, and he hangs on a cross. And the third day he rises from the dead. Why? Because he was creating a way for us not to quit. He was creating a way for us not to ring the bell. He knew, he knew we, that there would be moments in our life where we're, we're, we're ready to ring that the third time. We're ready. Jesus, I can't do it. I can't fight this addiction. I can't do it anymore on my own. And he says, I know. You gotta hang on. So if you're here this morning and it resonates with you, you've never given your life to Jesus. Would you consider him right now? Would you consider entering into a life-giving relationship with the Savior of the world? If you're here this morning with no one looking around, if you'd be honest and say, that's me, I need, I need a relationship. And I'm part of the somebodies. I'm part of the whosoevers. And I want to believe in Jesus today. No matter who you are, if that's you today, would you just slip your hand toward heaven so I can pray with you? Say, that's me, Pastor Lance, would you pray with me? I want to know Jesus today. I want to know Jesus today. I want to know Jesus today. So Father, this morning, I pray you would do a mighty work in all of our hearts and all of our lives. For the hands that were lifted, for those watching online, Lord, we pray the cavity that is within us, that was created by you to only be occupied by you. Lord, I pray that there would be a filling. Today we would admit our need. We would believe that you are the one true son of God. We confess our need. We confess our sins. And God, we we call upon your name. We believe and put our trust in you. But we don't want an empty religion. We want a relationship with you. So would you come into our life? In Jesus' name, amen. You're here this morning. I want you to know you don't have to quit. You don't have to quit. There's no reason for anyone in this room to ring the bell. There's no reason to to get, God, I can't do it anymore because the healer is in the room. 
Jesus is here and he's like, you don't have to. You don't have to give up on that marriage. You don't have to give up on those finances. You don't have to give up on that relationship. Don't ring the bell. Don't quit. Don't quit. The instructors may be saying, go home and you're gonna get that meal and you're gonna get that shower. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 don't quit because I'm fighting for you. You will experience victory. You will see my goodness. You can taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't ring the bell. So the lyrics of this song this morning say, so here I stand high and surrender. I need you now. Hold my heart now and forever. This is now and forever. Don't quit. Forever is not a, oh, I gotta quit now this week and next week. No, 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 no. Jesus, I will lift my hands. I will lift my voice. I will stand high and surrender, God, because I want you to have my whole life, my whole heart. So if that's you this morning, you're like, I don't want to quit. I'm not ringing the bell. I want Jesus. I want you. I'm going to surrender and I want him to hold me. If that's you all over this place, would you stand to your feet? Would you begin to open your mouths and would you let him know as a declaration from your heart? God, Jesus, I'm here for you. I'm here for you.